Hello and welcome to the Anishinaabe History Podcast. I'm Chris Waite. This month marks a milestone for me. It's been two years since I've had any booze to drink. I'm not going to get into details, but booze was killing me and ruining my life. And yet, despite that reality, it was still very difficult to quit. I had to plan and strategize against myself in order to force myself into one day of not drinking alcohol. In that year, 2019, Canada Day fell on a Monday, meaning that that Monday would be a holiday. That meant that the liquor stores would be closed. What I didn't do was stock up on booze to support my habit over the long weekend. I had been trying to quit for months prior to this particular weekend. With my plan in place, I felt ready for day one of living alcohol-free. It was stressful, but I survived it. It actually took me years of trying to quit succumbing to my own alcoholism to get to day one. Years of failure. Years and years of repetitive failings. I realized one day that I was doing it all to myself for no good reason. It was killing me and ruining my life and I had to quit. I'm glad that I did. The first day was difficult. The first week was difficult. Then the first month was difficult. Then I realized that I had actually gone a month without drinking booze. That was a big step for me because not too long before that, I had gone an entire month drinking booze every day. I was an everyday drinker and I was sneaking it and hiding it. It was making me think and feel suicidal. That's why I had to stop. I'll never drink again. I went to AA meetings and that helped a lot. I recommend it. When ingested, alcohol is absorbed through the stomach lining to enter the bloodstream. The liver detoxifies the blood, but when it is unable to metabolize the amount of alcohol entering the stomach, the human is considered medically intoxicated. At low amounts, alcohol is used for feeling good. Humans feel good when the body undergoes chemical processing through hormones and neurotransmitters. Endorphins and dopamine are produced and released into the body system when alcohol is first consumed. That's where the pleasure, the relaxation, and the feeling good come from. It's not the alcohol itself, but the natural body chemicals that get released when a small amount of alcohol is consumed. And yet, excessive drinking throughout a lifetime leads to depression and anxiety. How? At a biological level, excessive alcohol consumption affects electrolytes and can lead to vitamin deficiencies. Specifically, thiamine, known as vitamin B12. If you've ever had a hangover and needed Gatorade, that's because you've become dehydrated. If you spent the night pissing and puking, that's why you're dehydrated. A lifetime of doing that will catch up to you. When I was a teenager, I went with my mom to the hospital. She had been binge drinking. I can't remember if we took the ambulance or if my girlfriend at the time drove us. Anyway, my mom has gone to the hospital for many different ailments over the years. This particular visit I remember because it was before I moved away to university. After I moved away, I didn't have to deal with her drinking. 
but during this particular visit to the hospital, I remember the doctor putting my mom on a saline drip and explaining that she was low on vitamins. So she stayed in the hospital for a day or two and was replenished with vitamin fluids. That was about 25 years ago, and she still drinks. She'll even lie about herself not drinking while drinking. I don't see her very often. She lives in a different province. I carry guilt that I shouldn't have to carry, and I blame a lot of that on alcohol. There's a disease called Korsakoff syndrome that is most often seen in long-time users of excessive alcohol. One sign of the syndrome is called confabulation. Confabulation is basically the making up of a story, usually using several stories. I think that my mom does this. She visited recently and it was going pretty good until it wasn't. My mom has a lot of health problems, but she lives several provinces away so I can't personally care for her, but really, she needs a lot of personal care. She does have a long-time roommate and ally, but he sometimes needs help too. My mom is stubborn, and her partner in crime, so to speak, are an inseparable duo. In my opinion, neither could function on their own, but together they have managed to eke out a meager existence. It has been very stressful at times, to put it mildly. So I'm glad that I quit drinking, because if I didn't quit drinking, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast every month, or be a good parent. Excessive alcohol is an agonist of depression and anxiety. An emergency room psychiatrist once told me that excessive alcohol affects levels of the neurotransmitter GABA. GABA is an acronym for the molecule called gamma-aminobutyric acid. So what is GABA? GABA is formed and released by the brain to relax nerve impulses. In other words, it is an anti-anxiety neurotransmitter. GABA relaxes your brain. Alcohol mimics GABA in the brain in that it inhibits a neurotransmitter called glutamate. Glutamate is an excitatory neurotransmitter. By inhibiting glutamate, alcohol relaxes the brain the way GABA does. Habitual excessive alcohol conditions the brain to be dependent on alcohol rather than the naturally occurring neurotransmitter GABA. Alcohol dependence is basically when regular GABA function in the brain has become depleted. In other words, because there is no more natural GABA function, the brain becomes dependent upon alcohol to produce glutamate, 
which is a necessary neurotransmitter that relaxes the brain after fight-or-flight excitation. Maybe that's why quitting is so hard. But it is possible to quit. If I can do it, I believe that anybody can do it. Perhaps, then, I should save some hope for my mom. That's all for today's episode. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. I'm Chris Waite, and this has been the Anishinaabe History Podcast.